Hello, world. It's the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude, and with me, as always, is Andy. Andy, what's up? Yo, dude. How's it going, buddy? Welcome to uh, welcome to a brave new world here. Since we last spoke, things have changed quite yep. a bit. It's in the U.S. Different world, but the same old Album Nerds Podcast, where we talk about some albums that we like. <laughs> yes, indeedy, indeedy. Uh, before we do that, I just wanted to mention a couple housekeeping type things that are, are new for 2021. We just set up a uh, PayPal link for the show. If you ever thought about maybe, hey, I'd like to toss these guys a couple bones for their troubles, maybe you got a recommendation. Bones means dollars, right, Andy? We don't <laughs> literally want someone to send us bones. No, we have enough bones. Okay. I think you're just, uh, you're dollars, being dollars or cents. Yeah, that was... My attempt at being hip. <laughs> so uh, if you ever, ever wanted to do that, now we're in the future. You can just go to albumnerds.com slash support. I'll direct you to our PayPal page where you can toss us a penny, $10, whatever whatever bonage you got laying around. This is a f- independent podcast, so a couple of bucks would help defray the cost of server and hosting and all that kind of stuff. So if, if, you, if you love the show and you got to you want to help us out a little bit, we'd really, really appreciate it. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention, we'd love to hear your thoughts on some of these records or what you guys want to listen to. If you want to leave us a quick voicemail, the number is 585-210-2454. And it'll go right to voicemail. You can just leave us a quick message. And, uh, you know, if you say something you like, we'll uh, include the clips in a future show. So once again, the number is... One five eight five two ten twenty four fifty four. So, album nerds, you know what we do? We each pick an album that's fairly recent, and then we also pick an old dog, one of our old favorites, and we like to bring that up, talk about it, and uh, share it with the world. So today we're talking about all sorts of music. We've got some metal. We've got some folk rock, hip hop. Maybe punk rock, I guess you could say in the yeah. mix here too. I guess you could call it that. So why don't we let the listeners decide and let's get to it. All right, I'm first up today. We're kind of looking back on some records that we may have missed in 2020. As often happens at the end of the year, people put out their lists like we just did last last show. But records that may not have been on our radar before kind of come back up at this point. So... This is one that was released back in April of 2020 that I think you actually turned me on to originally, man, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I thought that too, but I didn't want to be like taking credit for something that didn't really happen. Oh, you know, you know, you've been waiting to take credit for it probably no, for like I re- eight months now. I wasn't sure if I brought it up <laughs> to you or not. Anyway, uh, I'm talking about the record from the artist More Jewelry and the album is entitled True Opera. Let's just jump in and play the third cut here. This is Look Alive. Uh, 
Now that'll get you up and going. So that was Look Alive from More Jewelry. This is their second album from the Philadelphia-based duo. It's comprised of More Mother, who is provides vocals and guitars, and uh, Mental Jewelry. See what they did with the name there, man. More Jewelry. Yes, very clever. Combined them together, yes. Uh, Mental Jewelry provides a lot of the drum and bass on this record. He's mostly known for being an electronic music producer. Yeah, so this is a very visceral punk rock record. Uh, their goal was to create something that they kind of similar to what they listened to growing up. I assume that was like in the uh, early 90s or maybe late 80s. So, true opera. Thoughts, dude? I know you liked it, liked it initially a little bit. I liked it, but it was more of a, this is an Andy thing, more than a dude thing. Like, I knew it was good, but I probably wouldn't listen to it ever again. <laughs> so, what makes it uh, more of an Andy and less of a dude thing? It just feels more uh, highfalutin than the music that I that I typically listen to. My stuff is simple and clear, and, and this was um, somewhat more jumbled. Yeah. There's a lot of noise, I would say, going on here. So, yeah, jumbled for sure. There is that kind of like social uh, commentary going on here quite a bit, I would yeah. say. Um, That's Andy. Yeah, I like that in my music for sure. Gives a little power. Like that song we just heard right there, Look Alive, seems to be about kind of like the social groups that live on like the fringes of society. Uh, if you're talking about like transgender folks and like... When are we going to rise up and kind of, you know, get people equal rights and kind of uh, place in society, which I think is cool to, to hear. I'm not sure if the band themselves have any background with that or if it's just something that they feel strongly about. But really, the whole record is kind of like very anti-establishment, anti-government, which I think probably ties into some of that punk music they were listening to as they were growing up. There's definitely kind of like a vibe of just being frustrated and maybe desperation is the is the a feeling i get yes. from this record a lot for me it was just it felt like one 26 minute song yeah yeah I mean, you could say it's a little samey track to track i think the exception would be the last track uh shadow which is much more melodic much less punk rock it kind of sounds like 90s alt rock more than uh than any sort of punk rock, I would say. And it seems to be about different topics, too. Maybe it's more about, like, maternal instincts or kind of, like, giving a shout-out to their their mothers or whoever raised them. So that kind of stands out as being a lot more positive on the record. The rest of the record, though, is really pretty hard-hitting, pretty fast. Most of the songs are two to three minutes long. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty dope. Definitely reminded me a lot of Rage Against the Machine. More Mother has put out some more work in 2020. She's put out an album with uh, Billy Woods, a hip-hop artist that we talked about on the show before. That sounds pretty cool as well. Big year for her, and I think this is uh, be a good place to start if you're not familiar with her. It's a pretty accessible record if you're you know, a fan of like, like that kind of like 90s Rage Against the Machine sound. I think you would appreciate this record for sure. Absolutely. Good pick that I picked. <laughs> all right so i'm gonna go back about a year so january of 2020 i missed this album i saw it on a best of list and the description sounded cool kind of a paul simon vibe i'm like i'm in i'll give it a shot so this is andy shelf the album is neon skyline and we're gonna play the track try again somewhere between 
drunkenness and charity. She puts her hand on the sleeve of my coat. She says, I've missed this. I say, I know I've missed you too. She says, I was actually talking about your coat. She makes me laugh. Oh, wow, she makes me laugh. I just let my head sink down and fake some deep songs. Come on, baby, try again. Okay, so that was Andy Schauf. I think that's how it's pronounced, uh, with Neon Skyline from January of 2020. And Neon Skyline is sort of a concept album, which is fun. Woo-hoo. Andy Schauf is a Canadian singer-songwriter from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. And this is his sixth album. It's Regina. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like a four-year-old over here. <laughs> <laughs> I I work with uh some some of my customers are are in Regina, Saskatchewan. So I've been no I've been corrected when I said Regina. So anyway. <laughs> so this is basically a concept album of a, a lonely guy. He calls up his buddy to go meet at the Neon Skyline their bar mm-hmm. and laments about his ex-girlfriend Judy and throughout the course of the night these different songs tell the story of people talking and enjoying their night and then talking about Judy and then Judy shows up and that song Try Again was when Judy shows back up and they kind of still have that magic and should they try again and um, it's cool what did you think Andy? It is cool I, I enjoyed it quite a bit actually I think it does the storytelling very well it, it reminded me a lot of like kind of watching a movie, you know, how yes. like a movie takes place over like over a night, but it's probably like six or seven hours long in real time, but they pick out these little moments that make you feel like you were there. And that's what this record does beautifully. I think it's very focused on like details and it unfolds nicely. And I think what makes it really sold me on it was, is more like the melodic nature to this record. It really, it feels super tight. It plays together. There's not any wasted moments here at all. Yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a very positive listen for me. Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It, it's got that, it's short too, it's 34 minutes. And that structure, the way that he tells the story is through a lot of words, right? But they don't always rhyme, which is kind of where the Paul Simon-esque Harry Nilsson mm. sort of deal comes in where the delivery, the melody and this guy's a multi-instrumentalist. I think he did all this himself. Yeah, he did. That was That's so cool. I love when guys do that. So it all fits together in a way where the way that he's telling the story is so warm and folksy mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter if it doesn't all rhyme and if the structure's a little weird because there aren't bridges and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's some choruses, verses and choruses but yeah um, yeah really well done well composed and it's simple and complex all at the same time and it's so relatable and you know we've talked i say it almost every show how relatable lyrics are key for me but anyone any adult anyway that's had relationships can listen (laughs) to this and get it yeah yeah there's something about the way he does a lot of like um, conversational moments that he kind of is like retelling almost like you would from a memory. Mm-hmm. And I think at least for me, like not having really hung out with a group of people in over a year, 
it's it was so nice to just hear like oh, that's what it's like to go hang out at a bar and like have these like random interactions and they felt very you know distant but familiar and like a nice yeah easy sort of way like oh that would that sounds like a good night actually <laughs> that cool. is a great point because i was picturing one of the bars i used to hang out at when i was in my 20s when i was hearing it that that was the room i was picturing and oh yeah I, I I didn't think about it that way, but you are absolutely correct where it does kind of give you that feeling again. <laughs> I mean, there are people still doing it, but they're probably regretting it after. Um, so yeah. I wish I had found this sooner because it was really fun to listen to. And I highly recommend going and checking out uh, Andy Schauf, Neon Skyline. It's a great album if you enjoy that sort of Paul Simon style folk music. Yeah, he's a good he's a good storyteller. So I think we'll definitely be keeping an eye on him in the future. All right, I think it's time to uh, oh boy, do some painful dog uh, metaphors here. Let's see, how do we want to work this? In? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually you're right on it with the painful dog metaphors. <laughs> Let's just listen to some old old music that we still love. There you go. What do we call him? Old dog. All right, so for my old dog pick this this time around, we're looking back on a what probably definitely my favorite Roots album, one of my most listened to records of the 2010s, I would say. Talking about the record Undone by the Philadelphia hip hop group The Roots. This came out back in December of 2011, and we're gonna play a cut from. Towards the beginning of the record, this is a bit of one time. Not a thing I fear besides fear itself. This is clearly a lesson learned for someone else. Reach for the crown of thorns upon the shelf. Cross around my neck, I've been told myself. Capture this moment in time, it's the smash and grab. And when my party people, y'all finna have a blast. You say goodbye, I say hello, first and last. Hello, hello. All right, a little bit of one time from the roots on Undone. This is their 10th studio album for the hip hop group. I believe there's eight members at the time they recorded this. Um, but there's also some nice contributions from some friends of theirs, particularly, let's mention a couple, uh, Big Crit has a nice, uh, verse on here, as well as Bilal. Is that how you say that? I think it's Bilal. Yeah, he's a R&B artist. He has some good albums. Yeah, no, we, I think we talked about him before on the show, I, I believe. Anyways, and, uh, Sufjan Stevens provides a track on here as well, as well as a bunch of other, uh, really talented um, artists in and around like the hip hop space, uh, and it is a concept record, as we love on the show, about the life story of a drug dealer by the name of Redford Stevens. I believe he's a fictional character, and they tell the story in reverse, which is kind of interesting. But I think that really, for me, the most interesting part is that it is not a glamorous type of story that you would expect from a hip-hop record it is very much a real painful bleak look at the lives of kind of like a mid-level drug dealer and like all the crappy decisions he has to make and kind of you know mentally what how that affects him and then ultimately it kind of leads to his demise which weirdly enough is the beginning of the record so you kind of can kind of see like the end result first and then you kind of like build backwards from there to see how he got to that point 
which I think is super interesting. Dude, thoughts. We haven't talked about the Roots on the show before, which to me is like mind-blowing because I think they're one of the best hip-hop groups around. Do you like them? Do you like this record? Please explain. I had not listened to this album. I didn't even know it existed. I I, I liked uh, Things Fall Apart and yeah. um, Phrenology, you know, because I was working in music stores at that time and mm-hmm. and most of the hip-hop was made my ears bleed, but stuff like that, like The Roots, was very pleasing. I, I really enjoyed getting to know that side of hip-hop in that era. So this nice. one I had not heard and... I love that they play their that they play instruments. That's a big that they have an actual band, and everyone knows that now because of the Tonight Show. Yeah, <laughs> the house band. Yeah. One of the things I read was that they they had a lot of time to write and rehearse this because they've got that steady gig. They've got the time to to um, work together like fluidly all the time, and, mm-hmm. and that was part of part of the conception and and uh, making of this album. So. I thought it was really cool, man. I mean, there were times when it was running a little long for me, but I appreciate what they were doing. And sometimes I lost, I lost grip on the story, mm-hmm. but then I'd, I'd find my way back. It's a little bit hard sometimes to follow when there's like a, a vocal, like a guest spot comes on to tell if it's from the same perspective as the, as a black thoughts uh, character that he's portraying. Right. Which I think a lot of times it is, um, but sometimes just having that different vocal sound threw me off. I wasn't able to tell if this was another perspective or this was the same guy's story. Also, I mean, it's it's the roots. It's fairly artistic. They're not. It's a lot of metaphor, and it's things are not exactly surface value. Just what they should be interpreted as. Um, yeah. Well, and me and folks listening to the show that go check this out that haven't heard it before also have the benefit of knowing the concept going right. in, which I did because I read up on it and then I listened, so I already knew. Um, but yeah, the point you made about the guests, this has always been a contentious point for me in hip-hop albums. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The guest artist throwing off the flow, and I, I get it's a collaborative thing. Sometimes it's a commercial reasons. I don't think it's commercial reasons for The Roots. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel similarly as you do in this respect. I, though I think this record does a much better job than most hip-hop records yes. do um, in mixing those two together. Uh, Belial's parts, he does a lot, provides a lot of vocal singing to the record, and I think he's essential to the record. Same with uh, a guy by the name of Greg Porn, who provides a lot of vocal uh, accents to the record on multiple tracks. So I think when they use someone consistently like that, it really helps the record feel more cohesive and like it's one group making it and not just people mailing in their their vocal samples and getting them mixed in. But let's talk a little bit about some of the individual tracks and how the record unfolds. Um, the first track, we start with just kind of like a heart rate monitor that sounds like someone, it's just like a flat line beep. So we're kind of starting from the moment of death and then working our way backward from there. The first track has really has vocals on it, sleep, which I think is one of the stronger tracks on the record. It's all about kind of like, well, sleep's obviously a metaphor for death. I think that's pretty clear. You know, he's kind of gotten the big sleep in the sky. But I think the song is really more about ambition and like all these goals that he was told he should have achieved. And 
ends up kind of killing him in the end. He's the line that keeps getting repeated is, uh, I've lost a lot of sleep to dreams. And I think kind of meaning that his ambition and goals kind of like ended up costing him a lot of his life. Ultimately, though, I, I what I'm reading from this is that ambition and goals are something that you should have, but where you apply them is what makes a successful life. And having ambition and goals, but applying them in a world of crime and, and drugs, it doesn't matter how hard you work, at the end, the end is prison or death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is what they get to later on in the record, really. He doesn't have any choices. Track 10, tip to scale, is uh, almost right out and flat and says that, like, he's only two ways out, digging tunnels or digging graves out, meaning, like, he'll either be in prison or he'll be dead. There was kind of his two options growing up in this environment, you know, kind of in the ghetto, I assume, around Philadelphia. And there's that stereotype about ghetto life and, and it being lazy people that don't have ambition. They have ambition. They just may not have outlets, healthy outlets yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah, right. He starts out from a place where he has, like, hope and ambition and wants to improve his life and his standing in the world. But by the end of the record, or really the beginning of the record, by the end of his life, he gets to a point where he has is totally defeated and all that's lost and he's had to go on and, you know, like kill a friend of his, you know, to, to join a gang to get kind of recognition from his peers and make these terrible decisions about who he should trust and who he should uh, back. And we're going to play one other song here that really focuses on those choices, kind of drowning him. This is a cut from about two thirds of the way through the record. This is uh, Lighthouse. After the love is lost, friendship dissolves, and even blood is lost. Where did it begin the way we did each other wrong? Trouble water, neither one of us can swim across. I stopped holding my breath, now am I better off? There, without a trace, and you in my head and all. The haunted motion of a rebel without a pause. What it do was done, till you were dead and gone. The grim beat the time. Alright, so a taste of Lighthouse, from the record Undone by the Roots. It's good to hear a little bit of Black Thoughts first there. He just absolutely destroys it on this record. He's also kind of like that consistent voice. As I was saying earlier, he seems, seems to take on the role of narrator as this Redford Stevens character. Every time I hear him, he just blows me away with his poetic verses and really packs a lot of meaning into each each and every word really has a lot behind it. And I spent some time just going through Genius.com and just kind of peeling through these lyrics here and absolutely Awesome. It's really like reading Shakespeare in a way. So is it, would you say overall this is a morality play? I mean, is there a lesson or is it just telling the hard truth? To me, I think it's just, it's a way to kind of juxtapose like the glamorous drug dealer lifestyle that you normally hear in hip hop with like a mm-hmm. real world, like this is what it is, how yeah. people actually are, exist in this space. To me, that was like the goal of it. And they do it in a very artistic way. So uh, what's going on sort of a situation? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of to tie back into the Marvin Gaye record we reviewed a few shows back. Yeah, exactly. Here's what's actually happening on the streets in these, this slice of society. And I think it does it beautifully. I've listened to this record probably hundreds of times easily. It's, it's short. It's only about 30 some minutes long. And the nice thing about it is you can loop it like it, it plays very nicely in a cyclical nature. So the end of the record is four short little movements that are instrumentals 
which I think are meant to kind of symbolize like his birth, maybe creation in the womb. It's like very atmospheric. Um, that's where Cipion Stephen provides a track in there. And that ties nicely in back into his death at the beginning of the record. So you can put it on. I usually listen to it at least two or three times before I get move on to something else. Cool. I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna sequence it in the opposite order and listen to it. Listen to it like forward. <laughs> yeah. Through time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that might give me some more insight into it too. That's interesting. I should try that. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh Undone by the Roots. Super highly recommended for me. I think that's one of the better hip hop records that come out in the last ten or fifteen years. Thank you, Andy. My choice is much less artistic. I mean it's artistic, but it's a little bit more it's a little bit more guttural and uh raw. So let's check out from nineteen ninety two Pantera. The album is Vulgar Display of Power. This track is very romantic. It's called This Love. Yes, Pantera, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was Pantera with this love. Bookmark that for <laughs> Valentine's Day coming up here. <laughs> nice. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, Pantera was a uh, American heavy metal band formed in Arlington, Texas in 1981 by the Abbott brothers, Daryl and Vincent. Their performing names are Dimebag Daryl and Vinnie Paul. Uh, Rex Brown and Phil Anselmo filled out the rest of the lineup starting in 1986. Um, earlier on, they were more of a uh, hair metal band and their... Um, Lead singer's name was Terry Glaze originally. Oh wow! Got Glaze and Dimebag in the same group. <laughs> well, yeah, he was Diamond Daryl at that point, and, and oh, okay. uh, Rex, Rex Brown was like Rex Rocker or something. It was very <laughs> oh, po- Poison esque. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so they got Phil Anselmo and started on this trajectory of a harder edged, anger infused sound. So yeah. I mean the name of the of the album Vulgar Display of Power had you listened to this before and if not what did you think when you saw that title I don't know if I've ever heard it all the way through I've seen the album cover which is pretty epic it's like a dude getting punched like <laughs> mid punch his face is like sloshed to one side I've seen that around for sure I've heard the name before of the record and I was getting Pantera just because you know I grew up in the 90s and they were pretty popular yeah, so this one came out in 1992. I wasn't, I wasn't into them at that time. Really? Were you into like Metallica at this time? Yeah, but Metallica was on that softer edge trajectory where they were more accessible to a guy like me who was I was a grunge guy, right? So okay, yeah, yeah. I liked my my Nirvana and Pearl Jam scream stuff, but the metal stuff was like kind of, from my perspective at the time, is washed. Like metal was done. Gotcha. I was incorrect. (laughs) Oh, I knew how wrong I was. And then I started to embrace it again more as I got older. The grunge thing all died, and I needed to get out some aggression. 
And this album, when I've had periods of in my life where I've been angry but unable to do anything about it, listening mm-hmm. to this in the car, listening <laughs> to uh, Mouth for War and Walk, yeah. and uh, it gets your blood pumping. Did you find that while listening to it? Like, I get stompy when I listen to this. Yeah, I mostly listen to this working out, you know, like lifting weights. I feel like it was pretty good for getting through a workout. Especially Walk in particular. I think that song, if I'm remembering correctly, is specifically about like telling people to like walk away, like walk yes. out of my life. I'm just fed up with you. Get away from yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> but always with the veiled threat of I'll punch you in the face. This kind of, <laughs> yeah. which is not the kind of guy I was, especially you know at this time or really ever. But every I think every male has the evolutionary imperative towards. We have violence in our blood, and we have those raw emotions that we usually uh, quell. So this is a way to release it from me. Now, if it incites you becoming a violent person, don't listen to it. If it just helps you <laughs> take the edge off, then I highly recommend listening to yourself. It's weird because like, when I was growing up, like this was the type of music I think was more celebrated, like... I remember yeah. seeing people with these t-shirts on being like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. Yes. They're into like violent, <laughs> you know, aggressive music. Yes. But now like today I'm like, all right. I feel a little squeamish almost listening to this. I felt a little guilty bringing it up because I'm like, you know, I don't want, I don't want to, to be like I'm celebrating violence, right. but it's part of who we are as humans. We're animals and we have these instincts, right? So, uh-huh. um, these guys tapped into it very well with what was called at the time groove metal, which they sort of pioneered. So it's kind of thrashy, but it also has this really nice groove to it where it's almost danceable, even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. At times that I would, I would agree. It's, uh, that's what surprised me most was how much rhythm there was to it. I didn't hear that like in Metallica, which is no. kind of, I guess my touchstone point for this time period. That was cool. And I was also really surprised, or not surprised, but it was interesting to hear a lot of the things that I would come to listen to in like, I guess what I would say, like more my period of metal in like the late 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like those crunchy riffs, like even yes. that track we just played there on uh, This Love, like that sounds so much like Deftones to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just going to say Deftones. That guitar sound is very similar. Yeah. And I never got into Deftones because they were a little bit after my time yeah. of looking for yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. I think that's all it is. It's just time period difference. Um, mm-hmm. I like the spoken word, like little passages we heard there where they yep. you know, just talk slower. I don't Did that happen much in the 80s metal? I, I don't remember that being as much of a thing, but definitely happens a lot later in the 90s. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this was this was early 90s and Metallica had done the Enter Sandman with the little talking in there and stuff. So I think That's it was kind of... That's true. Especially when it's a dark, deep voice and you're talking like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, still right. aggressive. Even though you're talking, it's not like Barry White, hey, baby, you know, I want to make love to you tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's more like Vincent Price type thing, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I actually saw them. Uh, it, oh, uh, really? the far the far beyond driven tour the album after this 1994 some friends of mine were a couple years younger than me and they were into this and I was not and I'm like sure so was near New York City somewhere typo negative opened I enjoyed their set a little bit more 
than Pantera's, but Pantera was great. I mean, they got the crowd going. There was punching, there was kicking, there was toilet paper rolls ripped out of the bathroom stalls, people throwing them at each other, and and uh, they really did work up the crowd, and it was fun. I stood in the back while my friends were, were punching each other. Stay away from that pit. <laughs> That sounds. That does sound fun. It was. It was fun. I'm glad I saw it. And that kind of when they did this track that I'm going to play now, the place just went crazy. And that's when I was like, "Hey, these guys are pretty good." So we're going to check out. <laughs> now, parents, turn down your radios if you have kids with you, because we're going to listen to fucking hostile. That's the point where he like waves his hand up in the air and everybody gets going right there. Well, the way that it was handled to get everyone frothed up was before the song started, they, you know, the band stopped playing and Phil was saying he would like do the to see, to bleed and, and, uh, (laughs) up through the, you're making us. And then we'd point to the crowd and they had to say fucking hostile. And then he made them do it until they were doing it right and loud enough and then the song kicked in and they played it. Uh, and it was, I gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. So he, he got he got the crowd going for Built sure. Up to that. a good frenzy before unleashing them. Yeah, but it was that energy. I was like, oh, now I get why people are into this. Now I get it. And then on the way home, on the way home, we listened to Pink Floyd to come down. <laughs> it's like a five-hour drive, and it was all Pink Floyd. Yeah, right. That should be a required part of this. <laughs> you can't just let people out on the streets after listening to this, like just to go crazy. So we were all jacked up. I wasn't even into this music, but I was all like pumped up, like <laughs> so, like three o'clock in the morning. We're driving, listening to Dark Side of the Moon, and. By the time right. I got home, I'm like, okay, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so that's my next question for you. Uh, I didn't really pick up on like so any sort of like thesis statement from this record in terms of the lyrics. Like what do they have like a message they're trying to get across in this aggression or is it just like kind of more general? Stand up. Don't, don't take shit. All basically posturing testosterone soaked. Yeah. Tough guy. Tough guy like, stuff. Right, right. Okay, all right. So not necessarily trying to overthrow the government or promoting some type of no, agenda. no agenda like that. The fucking hostel was about politicians, preachers, people in power that are always holding you down and trying to tell you what to think. Right, and you're making right. me. You're bringing out the anger in me. So it's raw, but it has its place. And um, I thought it'd be fun to talk about. So that was Pantera with. <laughs> vulgar display of power from 1992 if you can use it wisely go check it out <laughs> yes as spider-man would say with great power comes great responsibility so yeah, that's right use your pantera wisely all right dudes that's that's the show for today um what did you think of these records we'd love to hear from you, you can still shoot us an, an email if you prefer podcast at elements.com 
But as I mentioned at the top of the show, we do have a, a hotline, I guess you could call it. Uh, 585-210-2454. Leave us a voicemail and tell us what we thought of these albums. Or, what are you listening to in 2021? Maybe there's a record mm. from 2020 that we missed. Love to know. So go ahead and subscribe, download the show on all the usual podcasty places. If you'd like to do us a solid, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, if you please. And always on Spotify, we do put up playlists with the songs that we discussed for the show. Go check out the songs, and hopefully that'll lead you to check out the albums. Word up! We'll be back again in about two weeks uh, with some more new album recommendations, as well as some more old dogs from our collection. So be sure to tune in then. Uh, until then, stay safe and uh, yeah, respect the power. Yeah, and don't make us hostile. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.